This is Mapping Healthy Minds, a podcast that explores the intersection between mental health and real life. I am Justin Lewis. I'm your host and a licensed and marriage family therapist. On this episode, I'll be talking with CJ Blair. CJ is a former barista at my favorite coffee shop, Piper's. Uh, but even more than that, she is a fantastic young lady who has overcome some difficult times in her life. Uh, she lost her father recently, and so she was willing to talk about that experience, how she got through that experience. CJ, as a friend of mine, uh, has told me some of the things that she's pursuing, including some uh, work into the mental health field. She's currently pursuing a degree in psychology, and so she's got that little bit of uh, curiosity and wide-eyedness to her uh, right now as she's finishing that up. So CJ is uh, very skilled in all the things that one naturally needs to be skilled in, and so one day I think she is going to make for a fantastic clinician. However, on this day, she does a really good job talking about loss. She's very open about the things that were helpful to her and not, and the things that maybe one would expect to be difficult, she turned into good. So uh, her job at the coffee shop, she was able to use as a positive for her as she's going through this experience and plans on being able to use it to her advantage as she uh, is helping others in the future. So CJ now is working at Merriman House, getting some good experience in the helping profession and she was able to stop by, take some time for me, for us to talk about grief. But before we get into her interview, I do want you to know that, as always, Mapping Healthy Minds is sponsored by Compass Counseling. We are a group of mental health professionals who are able to provide services for all ages in the state of Kentucky via telehealth or in person at Owensboro Henderson or Paducah where I'm sitting right now. If you would like to make an appointment, easiest thing to do is to go to our website, compasscounseling.com, and you can find all the ways to get connected to a counselor that is just right for you for the problem that you have. Mapping Healthy Minds is also sponsored by Midtown Market. Midtown Market carries a variety of high-quality foods, including natural and organic products, and a wide array of gluten-free foods. In addition to being a full-service neighborhood grocery store, Midtown Market provides personalized services, such as customized gift baskets and a drive through window that can be used when you're craving a cup of coffee or need to call in a small grocery order to go. They also provide other conveniences such as fresh, ready-to-serve weeknight dinners and prepared entrees that can be reheated. And I have hit that up on a number of occasions. Highly recommend. So head over to Midtown Market over on Broadway Street in Midtown Paducah to get all of those grocery needs met. It's strange... Because I didn't know how to write questions for this. Yeah. 
I can usually come up with some questions, but it was, it was like, I don't know if it felt like they needed to have some extra depth or weight to them. Yeah. But we'll just get started and see what happens. What so, do you want me to, what do I need to like give a backstory? Or? So, you have lost your dad. Mm-hmm. And that was when? Um, April 21st, 2020. Okay. So a little bit over Just, a year uh, ago. Okay, yeah, yeah, a little year and a quarter ago. Mm-hmm. And he struggled uh, with a respiratory disease yep. of... He had um, idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis. So that's where the... Um, I, I'm going to pr- mispronounce it, but it's alveoli, I think, in okay. your lungs. The sacs that fill with air, those turn into scar tissue. Okay. So he went in... Um, after being diagnosed for that, the prognosis was about four years from your diagnosis. People okay. can usually pass away unless mm. they get a lung transplant. And he went in for a biopsy to determine the cause of the fibrosis, and things ended up going south, but it was kind of our saving grace because he was able to get an emergency double lung transplant. Oh, okay. That was in 2000 and. 17 i believe don't quote me on it okay (laughs) you can you can sell me on just about anything so i'm not gonna do a lot of fact checking here so Um, i'm just gonna believe what you say but um the prognosis for lung transplants unfortunately aren't that great either Mm. um anything with organ donation is super hard on your body Mm -hmm. um you are on immunosuppressants your body is basically just always trying to attack Mm-hmm. the organ because it's a foreign object so you have right. to suppress your immune system from doing so um and your lungs are the only organ in your body kind of besides your skin that you can't really control what happens to it you can't really control what's in the air mm, you that's have true to breathe. <laughs> it so, is involuntary yeah, that's right yeah absolutely and there are a lot there were a lot of complications with it along the way because of this okay um, mowing the lawn, he oh. would get very sick because huh. he would get a fungal infection from the cutting the grass from outside the soil. Hmm. Um, so it's crazy what our bodies are immune to. And things then, we don't think about at yeah, all. Yeah, little, right. little things. Mm-hmm. Um, but there were a lot of issues and complications with it that we had anticipated. Um, but it doesn't, didn't make it any easier. Of course. Um, so... Do you want me to keep going about, like, the whole story? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Sure. I'm trying to think about where I was. So it gets complex because when you're talking about your lung capacity, um, you can go into the, like, what function your lung works at. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe two years after the lung transplant, his lungs were at 50% capacity. Um, His oxygen levels... We're in the 80s, which is not great. Your oxygen's supposed to be at 100% all the time. <laughs> okay. Um, Could so have sold he, me either way. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so he... I bet you've learned a lot about uh, lung health. Oh, so much. My, <laughs> yeah. what, it's really funny. Yeah. This is crazy how the world works because my mom, uh, before all of this happened, was actually a uh, respiratory therapist. Okay. And then she was a nurse. She's a nurse now. Got it. But So she was well-versed in it before. Yeah, she crazy she knew what was going on yeah Mm -hmm. um but 
So, you know, his oxygen levels were pretty low for a while, and Mm -hmm. we knew things wouldn't be great all the time. Um, We were really happy that we had gotten that extra time with him, but we Mm -hmm. knew it's hard. It's hard on your body. Um, Immunosuppressants and, you know, all of the medicine he had to take every single day, it wore on him. Um, Not breathing well does Mm. messes with everything Mm -hmm. um the function of your brain how you talk to people what you do and it causes so many other internal issues just not having that supply um so we kind of in a way started to grieve my dad before he had even gone Mm. um it's it was one of those things where one day he'd be fine and he'd feel okay and he'd have a good mental day Mm-hmm. And another day he he wouldn't. I mm. would uh, come down the stairs and he'd be talking to someone and I'm like, oh, like, what are you doing? And mm. he's having a conversation with someone who's not there. Oh. But that's just the, um, you know, it's a combination of his oxygen being sure. low. It causes brain damage. Right. Um, you can hallucinate. And also just like all the medication mm-hmm. he was on. Um, and my dad, if I could say anything about my dad, it's that he never wanted to give up or give in Mm. um it was one of those things where he was going to do whatever it took for him to be alive whether it was the best thing for him or not Mm. um but it came to a point where it was too much Mm -hmm. um he he was in too much pain he wasn't getting the type of care he needed anymore Mm. um and so he decided to go into hospice Mm-hmm. Um, which is very, very hard for him to do. He did not want to do that. Um, right. It took everything in us to convince him to do that. And not because we wanted him to, but because we knew it's what he needed. Sure. Um, so he went on hospice, and this was the very beginning, maybe start of April of 2020. Um, Kind of right when COVID was taking off. Yeah. So it was one of those situations, too. It was really hard on him because he was on hospice. He wanted to see his family, but Mm. we also couldn't risk any any of us getting sick. Yeah, if anybody's at risk, yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, shortly after he went on hospice, he started not doing well. And I remember my mom calling me and being like hey you need to get home today and it was just um that was the 21st i believe um it's very weird i don't the way you're you process things Mm -hmm. when you're in a state of grief or it's kind of you go into survival mode where things don't really feel real um so i came home and you know he wasn't doing well there was a lot of buzz And um, he wasn't super, super coherent, but he was enough where he would have a conversation with you. He knew knew what was going on. Mm -hmm. He would kind of be a little off, but he knew exactly what was going on. Right. Um, So we sat with him. Um, All of my family did. My grandparents came over, my aunt, and we sat with him until he passed away. Uh, that's That's probably out of all of it the hardest part for me Mm. um is actually you know seeing that and carrying that i would say so um (laughs) but yeah 
Hmm. Okay. Well, yeah. that's that's a lot for <laughs> someone so young. Yep. And let's take it from just from the angle of how you handled that at that time. Right. Caring for your mental health. We'll just focus on the mental health element of mm-hmm. this since this is, after all, a mental health podcast. Yep. We'll talk about how you uh, how you try to keep that up to par and uh, during that mm-hmm. and then also since that time. Okay. And so while it's going on, you mentioned you kind of were grieving it as it happened because you could see that things were changing, even though there was some good and bad overall kind of decline was the theme. And so you could kind of start to grieve the fact that the same dad's not here, Mm -hmm. even if he's not completely gone yet. It's like the dad that was once here is gone. It's leaving. It's fleeing. And is leaving. Yeah. Yeah, It's that. It's that anticipatory grief. Um, It's very strange Uh uh, because you, I always thought, you know, knowing, okay, well, he will pass away, you know, something, uh, grieving something that hasn't happened yet. I thought that that would kind of prepare me for the process of actually losing him. Uh And in a way it did, but in a way it made... I feel like it made my emotions and mental stability even like more complex uh-huh. because I was grieving him. So I was a, a little bit prepared for those emotions of losing him. But being so emotional all of the time um, about him passing away when he was still alive was also exhausting. Mm-hmm. So it was this weird phase of, when he passed away, I felt relieved yeah. um, for multiple reasons. Um, you know, he wasn't in pain, and also I don't have to be anxious about this big mm-hmm. thing that's going to happen. Yeah, which then made me feel guilty and <laughs> kind of made everything spiral. But uh. I think the um, most important thing throughout the whole process for me was to realize and understand that anything that I'm feeling is valid. Because Correct, it's yeah. a weird situation. Yeah, totally. And um, it, it's also the way I grieve is different than the way the rest of my family grieves. Mm. So we all, we, you know, that we have different coping mechanisms, and that's sure. that gets kind of complicated. <laughs> because they expect you to be a certain way, right? Yeah, that's also something that I realize it's really important is to everybody feels differently. Mm-hmm. It's a not an easy situation and people feel differently depending on the day depending on a certain phase yeah one question i have before we get too much into how you grieved differently Mm -hmm. in the complex interpersonal relationships that may have uh, caused so what was it like you worked in a job where you're very much performance yeah (laughs) almost on on stage in a way you played a role Mm -hmm. where you're supposed to be like happy and interested yeah. in what everybody else's day is and making them feel good about getting a drink and yeah. all those sort of things as a barista. What was that like having this thing weighing on you? Whereas, you know, you got people in here mm-hmm. and you you feel the need to right. be a positive ray of sunshine. Very weird. Um, very weird. And I couldn't give you a 
straight on answer because it was different every day. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Some days I would go in and be so thankful for it. <clears throat> Some days it was a saving grace mm. because I was like, well, I can just go in and talk to people and not focus have to think about. Yeah, yeah. I can talk to people. I don't have to focus on yeah. what's weighing on me. Sure. And then usually when I was having a bad day or a heavy day, I, it was just exhausting mm-hmm. to talk to people. Yeah. Um, masks definitely helped because <laughs> I could fake smile. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, but yeah, it, it, and then I kind of found myself feeling bitter in mm. a way that I didn't want to, almost resentful of other people having a good day or mm. he- healthy relationships you know, that they would come in with their dad. And and so it was hard, you Mm -hmm. know? But I think it's, that's kind of the gut reaction is to feel that way. Mm -hmm. And then I kind of took a step back and had to think like, hey, that's actually really great for them. Mm -hmm. You know, you should be happy. It's that it's just that almost, I guess, grief turning into anger because I'm upset that I didn't have that. Yeah, it's yeah. very much that comparative piece to us mm-hmm. where misery loves company, yeah. you know, that phrase we have all heard, but it's like, if we feel like crap, we kind of are more comfortable yep. if other people oh, yeah. do too. Absolutely. Until we can get ourselves out of that place like you did and said, hey, yeah. just because I'm having a bad day doesn't mean someone else has to. Right. And so that was a mature way to handle it, it sounds like. Yeah. But yeah, you had a lot of pressure to be a certain way. And I'm sure that people would ask you about it, too. Oh, yeah. And that has its pros, but it has its cons. It does. um, Because you've got a short period of time, and then sometimes people are being polite. Right. Right? So it's like you want to be able to give an answer that's... Not sometimes can't even be honest. Probably like oh, I you really want to know? Yeah. Yeah. I think um, honestly, I am very thankful that I did have this job at this time in my life. Yeah. And it's I think everything happens for a reason that way. It Uh was very hard, but I think without it, I wouldn't have processed how I needed to. Because you had so many people in your life yeah well so many people in my life absolutely a huge support system yeah um and then also people coming in and asking me how i was Mm. um or asking me about it forced forced me to talk about it (laughs) when i I didn't want to right you know and after after a while i kind of embraced it and was like okay this is my moment i will talk about what's going on and Uh it it was kind of like cleansing in a way that sounds weird but it was I felt better. It was a weight uh-huh. off my chest because I got it out into the world for a second. Yeah. Um, so that helped me process my grief was, you know, talking through it with people, but also kind of having to regulate my emotions because I'm at work. So it's like sure. this weird process. It's got, I mean, it's just like anything. There's boundaries, yeah. right? I think it ultimately kind of made you somebody that people admired um, because you had to carry so much and yeah. just kind of gave you an extra depth that many people may not have and kind of became a piece of who you are, you know. Yeah. I think there was fundraisers done, right? Yeah. And some other things, uh, some concerts done. Yeah. Like 
just goes to show you how much people cared about yeah. you uh, to do that because that was most some of those were just because of you as much so as overwhelming. <laughs> somebody that knew your dad they knew you yeah. right and so I think that you should know that if you don't already which you probably do that just kind of create created this sense of admiration yeah. from the people at Piper's yeah. uh, the regulars uh, really well, thank had that you. yeah that means a lot and honestly. so yeah I mean it sucks that that those things happen but it's it definitely yeah it does it really <laughs> is though I mean <clears throat> so much like <laughs> you took it on and made the best of it yeah. as a character development and yeah. the way that you were able to embrace it because I don't know so many let's see what how old were you when you started there like 20 or something 18 18 okay yeah, yeah. so <laughs> 18 year old little girl like yeah. <laughs> Most people are going to be like, okay, princess, I'll take my latte, you know, but you kind of had this thing that helped develop you and mature you even more as a person and you were able, you're mature enough already to know what to, to do with it. So I think that is something that really, um, you handled in a good way and best way possible as far as I can see. The train doesn't stop, you know? Yeah, that's true. Keep going. I think that's, that's that was. Um, I mean, I want you to sit here and say that you went to therapy in it I know, completely. I but <laughs> so. But you know what? That's okay. I mean, I definitely would benefit from it. I, go to therapy. I need to go to therapy, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll see if I can find a place for you. Thank you. That would be. Yeah. yeah do you know. I don't know if you actually. know. I don't know if I know any locations nearby here. But uh, no, I'm not saying that you should or shouldn't. You were able to use a lot of the benefits of human right. connection. Yeah. And uh, so for some people, it's what they need. Yeah. Very some people at different times of their life, it's what they need. Yeah. So let's see here. Yeah. So after it was, after the, after the death, mm-hmm. then other types of grieving is happening. Talk about what that was like. Um, honestly, you said that you felt a little bit of relief in a little way. bit. Yeah. So you kind of felt guilt about <clears throat> feeling relief, but it's pretty normal. Right. Yeah. To get something huge off your plate to feel so a sense of relief. It was, um, you know, helping take care of my dad and my little sister at the time. It was very overwhelming and I felt, a big responsibility to kind of keep everything together, make sure everything was okay. Um, so it was definitely a relief once he passed away because I didn't have that weight on my shoulders, but it kind of evened out with this other weight or kind of just like maybe even emptiness. I feel like maybe weight is not a good way to describe grief or how I felt. I guess it's different for everybody. Yeah. I mean, it. I can see how it could be. I mean, it's something that, you carry around. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Weight seems to work okay. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> whatever you want to say. Um, but I, yeah. So it was kind of replaced with this feeling of emptiness. Um, I was, I had a really good relationship with my dad. I mean, obviously mm-hmm. we didn't see eye to eye on quite a few things, but <laughs> he was always there for me when I needed him. And, mm. uh, he was definitely the person in my family that I am or was the closest to, most similar to as well. So I really grieved that 
connection of um, connecting with someone who w- was very similar to me mm-hmm. because unfortunately, and I love them with all of my heart, <laughs> but Zach, my mom, my brother, my little sister, they're mm. all the same person. <laughs> <laughs> In what way? So um, maybe they're just a lot, they're not uptight. Okay, very laid back. Yeah, very laid back. Okay. I think my dad and I were more uptight and okay. just like very like... A little more intense. Yeah, intense, set in stone, like need to know what's happening, when it's happening. Yeah, okay. You know, type thing. So it's helped me learn to be lax and love. Yeah, there you go. But um, Things don't always go as planned. Yeah. So one of the things that I've noticed about you is you're very good at talking to people maybe there's always some of that there for you but yeah. do you think this has helped with that like um talk to people in a way to help help them a little bit make them feel comfortable at yeah. ease do you think I, that's this this in any way has helped develop that part of you oh yeah absolutely yeah um being there for being a support for my mom and my brother mm-hmm. and, you know, even my dad in his time sure. of need. Um, right. It definitely kind of made me realize and solidify that what I want to do, um, getting a degree in mental health, hopefully mm-hmm. psychology, um, is, is it just is what I want to do. I feel a calling for it. Yeah. Um, and then being able to talk to people about something that I've gone through that's so heavy kind of mm-hmm. going through that grief and learning how to talk about it made me want to help other people mm-hmm. do that as well yeah um so yeah absolutely yeah yeah <laughs> for sure and I, I mean yeah like I said it seems to me that you know how to put people at ease communicate ideas and help people uh and see when they need help. Yeah. That's what makes me think that you'd be good at this. I'm excited to see you get there soon. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, I can imagine figuring out how to handle that. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of helps accelerate that. Yeah. It's a a, a lot. Just kind of also learning how to be empathetic towards other people. Mm-hmm. Um, in situations when you don't want to be and also (laughs) just to put it out there (laughs) Um, but also when it's like hard for you to be and they don't process emotions the same way you want them to or you Mm -hmm. do Um, so it it definitely learning to be adaptable Mm -hmm. if if this has taught me anything it's how to be adaptable in life I feel like yeah who was like what were the things that were most helpful from other people to you when you were grieving during, during it, after it, all those things, what were the things that were surprising that people were able to do for you? Maybe. Um, I think one of the most helpful things, which is actually really silly because, um, the funeral home did something that I thought was very cheesy with peace (laughs) and love. I thought it was very cheesy they um they had people write notes um 
to my family about my dad <clears throat> yeah to share stories right um and we read them and that really helped uh i think <clears throat> the the biggest thing that really helped me. So you thought me. it was cheesy, but it ended up not being cheesy? Is yeah. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> it was not cheesy at all. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's I almost like they know be, what they're doing yeah, or something. Like, almost they, like they have experience with people that have lost a loved one or something. Who would have thought? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Um, but I think the, the biggest thing that's helped me is not avoiding it. Um, mm. Not avoiding how mm. I'm feeling or the emotions or telling myself that whatever I'm feeling is not justified with the grief process. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I just kind of hit it head on and that's not, that's not for everybody. Um, I feel like I need to really stress that because this is what worked for you. We'll say that this is exactly, this is just what worked for me. Mm -hmm. But, um, acknowledging and understanding my feelings as soon as I felt them forced me to, process what had happened mm-hmm. um yeah i just i couldn't i think in the situation i was in hiding from it just made things worse mm-hmm. um and also like you i can't avoid the fact that he's not here yeah you know that's Why not, not face the reality yeah right that's not something i can pretend you pretending know pretending it to be different is not gonna make it different um, so in that, uh, one, one thing that's really helped me is going through if, um, people have shown me pictures of my dad I've never seen mm-hmm. or like videos or shared stories, even having the, and you can't control your dreams, but it mm. was, I would dream about him. Mm. And I think it's because I've like forced myself to think about it. But um, dreaming about him really helped because it was like creating new memories. Oh, like yeah. I, because you know you don't have those new memories sure. and memories start to fade over time. Uh-huh. So it was very cool to see him in my head again and be like, oh yeah, that's what he looks like. Right, like, right, moving. right, right. You yeah. know what I mean? Like uh-huh. that's what he looks like as a person. So not avoiding it and actively seeking out ways to talk about it. Mm-hmm. You know. That really helped. Uh, I would recommend that uh, <laughs> myself to, in any situation, is to say, okay, this is what the reality is, yeah. you know. It's, it's time to face it. and Yeah. Like you said, identify what you're feeling and say, that's okay that I yeah. feel that way. But did it make me, my emotions any less intense? I mean, I still felt the... You still felt it, yeah. for sure. But... It is, it's, but burying it is not going to make them go away or yeah. make it better. They're just going to come out in a different way, mm-hmm. in an unsuspecting way. Yeah, that's the that's the crazy thing is that like when it all happened, at first there were like the very instant that my dad passed away, there were a lot of emotions and mm-hmm. I got sick. But then after that, I was okay. And then the next morning I wasn't, and then it was like a blur. I mm. feel like grief also just blurs time because you're not really focusing on anything else. But mm. um, the emotions do come out in weird times sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was in Dollar General, 
and just started crying because of a song. Oh, this one's really funny. <laughs> I was in um, at Walmart, actually, the Father's Day after, so June, I think, after he had passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was picking out a Father's Day card for my papa, mm. but I started to get emotional about the cards. It was a hard right. thing. Right. Um, and then this la- <laughs> this lady um, on a scooter, like, almost hits me. She, like, whips around <laughs> the corner and almost hits me, and I had to jump out of the way. So I'm in the middle of Walmart crying, but there's this, la- <laughs> this lady almost hit me, so... <clears throat> That's just a good story. It is. It almost but, sounds like a TV show or something. Yeah. 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 I was like, Breaks okay. the dramatic moment with yeah. a person running into you with a scooter. Yeah. Like, yeah. thanks. But, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, it seems like you have handled it well. Uh, Thank you. I'm not going to give you any free therapy over the microphone. <laughs> Sorry. That's it's what you're okay. looking for. You're not getting it. <laughs> Um, it's the only reason I did this. <laughs> you signed up for it for free therapy, but now it's not happening. <laughs> Thank you so much for being so open with your story. I think the way you're able to just openly talk about it is a way that it's the most healthy to process. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, of course. When people can talk about something in a matter of fact fashion. Right. That's so people ask me all the time, like, when am I gonna get over this? What's the sign getting mm-hmm. over this? Whatever, you know, blah blah blah. And so that's what I tell people a lot is a sign that you are process, have processed, you know, processing in a healthy yeah. place is whenever you can talk about what happened in a matter of fact right. fashion. Right. And so I'm sure that wasn't always going to be the case for you to be able to sit to talk on a microphone about this. Yeah. But um, being where you're at now, it just means that you've come to terms yep. and processed and you have an approach whenever things yep. get hard so good for you thank you i try to <laughs> this has been mapping healthy minds a podcast that explores the intersection of mental health and life for more episodes you can find the show on spotify or apple podcasts and we are also on social media sites facebook and Instagram. Website for the show is mappinghealthyminds.com, which has access to all the episodes that we've recorded so far and a little bit more about the show. Thanks so much for listening. And if you enjoyed the show, give us a review or tell a friend. It's the best way for us to pass the word on to other people. Mapping Healthy Minds is brought to you by Compass Counseling and is produced and hosted by yours truly, Justin Lewis.